0: You are listening to The Industry Edit. Hello and welcome to episode number four of The Industry Edit, hosted by myself, Esreen Benison. So, The Industry Edit is a fortnightly podcast that aims to talk to entrepreneurs, creators, industry professionals who fall under the umbrella of diversity. We'll discuss everything from issues to trends and exciting projects, which will hopefully make for a really interesting and informative listen. On the podcast with me today, I have uh, Roxy Legum lagan lagan um and you are a writer or well, did you used to write for the Huffington Post
1: yeah well i did a bit of i do a bit of my own blogging and mm. kind of have a platform on Huffington Post as well um yeah. my own blog is about kind of mixed race identity um and then on my Huffington Post page i try to focus on race issues in the uk um and different kind of inequality in that sense
0: and you're also the brains behind
1: (laughs) kids of color which is yeah Yeah, the brains behind kids of color that's (laughs) exactly right yeah which is um a youtube is it only a youtube platform um so it it's predominantly a YouTube platform, but actually most of the, I suppose, communications that I do mm. around the channel uh, through Twitter and Instagram. Um, so, yeah, it's a YouTube platform for young people of colour to explore their experiences of race and identity in the in the UK.
0: Yeah. So I think it would be a good place to start for you to tell us a bit more about yourself and um, you as a creator.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah so... Me as a creator, I think it feels like quite a odd term at the moment okay, for me. Yeah. One that I'm, I suppose I'm coming to terms with because as I've kind of gone along doing maybe writing or, mm. or the Kids of Colour channel, I've always thought, oh, I'm someone who's not creative. That's not necessarily... Um, my thing yeah. growing up and now that seems to be something that I'm doing so much more of so it's definitely a label that I think I'm coming to terms with, yeah. with for myself um, but I've always loved writing um, I, like yeah really enjoyed it and sometimes I've found that that's the I suppose the easiest way to articulate my frustrations in society um, but as I have worked more and more with young people um, throughout my career so the last kind of four to five years and um, Young people's experiences, particularly young people of colour, are something that just aren't. It's not out there in yeah. in the UK, particularly not the diversity of of their experiences. And hearing them, I just kind of thought, I want other people to hear these and know know these experiences and know that they exist and they are actually diverse. So, mm. for me, it was like, how can I, how can I do this in quite a simple form and it was just that just was how kids of color kind of kicked okay. off yeah. yeah okay that's
0: quite cool and uh, like i got in contact with you through nathan so yeah. my
1: older brother um what did you actually study in university so at university i studied criminology oh, um wow. yeah so quite different quite different yeah mm. um i it's quite different when you just say it to kind of someone oh i study criminology and then yeah. i kind of I actually worked in sport for a bit and then I kind of started working with an uh, youth leadership organisation. But criminology was because I was really interested in young people and, um, and crime, um, which is something that I'm still very interested and frustrated by. Mm. Um, and then I yeah, continued to work with young people through sport and young people in disadvantaged areas. And then I joined an organisation called Reclaim, okay. um, which was about youth leadership and inequality around class. Um, and that's where I've been up until very recently uh, for the last three years. I've been working there. So wow. it's kind of always been working with young people yeah. um, in inclusion. In Even in sport, I was working in inclusion. Um, so it's kind of that's been the running thread through my choices, which I think, yeah, on paper will seem a bit random, <laughs> yeah, um, but they make sense in for me when I think yeah. about how I got from next step to next step.
0: So it's kind of been a catalyst. So you started with criminology, yeah, and then it's kind of opened your eyes to all these different issues, I guess. Yeah, and then in a way, you've incorporated your writing with what you were studying or what you were practicing.
1: Yeah,
0: and then you've been able to dictate that or kind of describe that via your blog.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, when I say I was interested in young people and mm. and criminology, I was interested in what we're seeing right now in London. I was interested in how challenging it is for some young people who don't start from the same place, who are suffering inequality, particularly because of their race. And yeah. race is something that I've always been interested in, um, obviously, as kind of a, young, a person of colour myself. Um, And that was kind of the the thread of it, I suppose, that inequality is a a massive cause of why young people are committing crime and people don't necessarily want to see that or want to acknowledge that or address the root causes of the issues. So I was interested in criminology for that point of view, just look at theories and different reasons why, and it doesn't necessarily get you to that place, but that's something that I was always kind of interested in and did my dissertation around that. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's kind of always followed me uh, through to different things. Because when you look at London, you look at young black men dying uh, in London. And that is because they're facing ridiculous inequality in comparison to their maybe white middle class counterparts. Um, And that's the reason that they're in the situations they are. And until we tackle that, that's not going to that's not going to change.
0: Yeah. And then we have um, the Kids of Colour channel. Yeah. Um, why did you decide a YouTube channel for this as opposed to, let's say, just using your blog? Or why mm. does it have to be YouTube? Because I guess it's quite, like, I can kind of understand why you would choose it because it's quite visual. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. I was... um, YouTube instead of my blog because I never wanted to be the one to describe the experiences that these young people are having. You know, I think a lot of people, I suppose, speak on behalf of young people a lot. And I can talk around the issues and I can articulate, you know, I can articulate that in my blog. But actually, I think the issue in society is that people don't understand the diversity of experiences Mm. of young people of colour. We kind of see them as one same group who uh, one headline often, you know, gangs or criminals or and that's the same where I'm from in Manchester and that's the same kind of in areas in London and I could write about that frustration all day but the kind of unique differences and the varied experiences of each young person as an individual is something that I can't necessarily capture so having worked with young people they're they're always far better than me at talking about their experiences. Yeah. They're always the best people to be doing it. And I wanted people to see that, um, not just kind of read about it and then forget it. I want, I wanted people to watch a video and find it quite compelling to see this young person they don't expect to yeah. be saying the stuff that they kind of imagine for a young person of colour.
0: Hi, this is editing Ezreen here. And I'm really sorry to interject. And I'm, Also, sorry, for the poor quality sound that comes with it. But I'm here to provide a little introduction to the video you are about to hear. So, it's a little extract from the Kids of Colour HQ's video that they did with Acedia. And I thought it would be great for you guys to hear it because it's referenced later on in the podcast. And Roxy was very kind to share it with us, so... Do you enjoy. If you want to check out the full thing, it will be in the show notes.
2: Hi, my name is Asidia. Um, I'm 16 years old and I live in Manchester, UK. I just want to inspire other younger people and I just want to show people that it's, it's, you can reach this point. Like, I'm not, I haven't reached my full potential yet. But I just want to show people that it's possible you can reach that potential. And with my poetry I talk about issues that not a lot of people talk about within within a lot of ethnic communities such as trauma, such as abuse, such as racial issues, such as sexuality, such as gender. I just feel like the only way to tackle these issues within the community and outside the community is to talk about it. And that's the only way it's going to happen like my like my dad would always tell me to do what I want but make sure the community does not see but the thing is but let the community see cuz that's the only way things are going to change
0: I watched um, the video is it a Aced- cedia yeah um and is 16 and i that was the first video that i kind of watched it had the most views so i was kind of most intrigued by mm. it and then went to watch the others and it's such personal experiences mm. and i can get why you would have the youtube yeah. channel and um i just it was quite amazing to see because when i think to when i was 16 i don't really i, I was never kind of speaking about these issues i don't yeah. think i was aware of what was going on there all they all seem so socially and culturally aware of what's going on and kind of quote-unquote woke at mm. the same time which was just like really interesting and different to see that yeah. they're really like in touch with society
1: yeah. yeah I think um quite a few people have said stuff like that to me like oh and um, are you picking really kind of intelligent and on it young people <laughs> yeah and my response is always, well, they're just they're just talking about their experiences. So for so many of them, their experiences are really challenging, but mm. they can talk about the issues in society so well because they know them like the back of their hand and that's what they're experiencing on their daily basis. And, um, yeah, I, I suppose I always have that moment of kind of, wow, yeah, I wasn't like yeah. this at 14. That wasn't me. But mm. I definitely, I don't think I experienced the same types of things that they have as well, so... Yeah. But
0: why is that though? Do you think it's like more kind of saturated now or concentrated now rather than like when? Because when I was 16, all I was concerned with is like doing stuff with my friends mm. as opposed to being like, this is who I am as a person. Or like, I guess it kind of was like, I probably wanted to pursue something in the arts and then other people were like, oh, go into like a STEM subject. But it wasn't, it's not something like, I am this this is the way I view myself and society is trying to put me in the bubble I when I was 16 I didn't really know that so like do you think it's more because we're talking about it now on Mm. social media and stuff or are these people are these kids just I don't know like
1: particularly yeah, yeah yeah um I think I think it's definitely got something to do with how society is mm. is now. Um, I they have young people have so much more access to kind of learn about different things and issues, and they can flick through apps and see Twitter news. And you know, okay, maybe not many of them use Twitter, but everything's so much more accessible, and your communication about issues can be, uh, I suppose, yes, yeah, all of it so much more accessible, and you can see that. Race, diversity, inclusion is something that actually people are starting to talk about a lot more. You know, inclusion mm. of BME people, women. You know, there's a lot more exploration of that in society than when I think I was a teenager. Um, and then just again, I suppose, the, yeah, the diversity of experience. You know, I'm sat here as a person of colour who I experienced microaggressions and not necessarily kind of divert, uh, overt over racism in that in that way and maybe I'm just kind of one of the the luckier uh, Mm. people and that's what I'm trying to get across I suppose that actually the experiences are so diverse of these young people and um, yeah I think it's a a combination of the diversity and yeah just access to so many so much different information now and progression in society as well.
0: And how do you um, get in contact with the kids that feature on the videos.
1: Yeah, so it's been it's been quite um, organic actually. Um, the first couple of young people I filmed, I filmed um, a young woman called Tasia and a young woman called Chanel, who I'd worked with previously to kind of get the get the ball rolling. I'd worked with in my previous job, um, and then from there, I contacted a couple of youth organisations. But also, every young person I film then goes. I know a young person who'd be great for this, mm. um, and that's really helpful. Um, and that's the thing; it's almost it's almost at the moment kind of snowballing a bit in in terms of young people coming and saying, "Oh, yeah, I'd like to do this." Oh, and I know someone else who who does, um, which is really interesting because it must mean that the conversation of race is yeah. is happening, like you said, so much more than when we were we were younger. Um, so that's really interesting for me because I don't think. If someone had asked to film me yeah. when I was younger, I don't think I necessarily would have been able to hand over a handful of people who I know wanted to talk about race mm. and diversity and their experience for the same reasons that we were saying, that I wasn't really sure necessarily what yeah. my experience was. Um, so, yeah, it's been really interesting.
0: They're quite confident as well and yeah. really, they're like well-equipped and know what they're talking about mm. for someone who is 16 because... I guess you can kind of say, oh, well, they're quite naive, but they actually really know what they're talking about. And, yeah. I, and I guess their experiences have kind of informed everything that they're saying. So it's not like it's coming from something that they've just seen on, let's say, Twitter. No. It's all kind of personal to them, which is it's just really interesting to see. And no one story or one video mm. is the same.
1: Yeah. those. That's the thing. It's Again, they're talking so confidently because... You know, in the first video when Teja's talking about her experience at school with a teacher, that is her experience and she she knows it. And um, I could speak to her about a different topic and she may not necessarily feel as confident in terms of exploring it or sharing it. But as soon as you get to that personal experience, these young people could talk, you know, all day because these experiences and the challenges that they face, as well as the great things about being a young person of colour are part of everyday life. So it's I suppose it's quite kind of ingrained for, for them as well. Um but yeah, they're really confident. It's it's great. You can just kind of yeah. it's almost like every time I finish one I'm like, ah, oh, I want to do yeah. more now. Because you've got so much more to say. And some of them have said that at the end. Um so yeah it's been interesting. Because
0: they are they do last between three and four minutes. Is that yeah. like a conscious decision on your part to yeah. keep it that love? Um
1: and you know what maybe they should I sometimes think that actually videos that are engaging are often shorter than that Mm. um but you just can't get through everything when you're kind of sharing these personal experiences but i don't think i don't know that you're kind of someone who's not interested in these issues which actually are the people that I quite like to reach eventually I don't know that they're going to sit down for five to ten minutes to watch a video about um, a young person of colour talk about um, how they feel about themselves in terms of beauty or whatever the topics are Mm. Um, so yeah at the moment it's it's kind of three minutes three to four minutes I'd quite like to once I get better at it do uh, longer kind of videos because yeah as I said there's so much more to explore. (laughs)
0: Is it just you that, that runs
1: the channel and the Instagram? And it's yeah, all you? yeah, so the Instagram, Twitter, well, yeah, everything is is just me and it's, um, it's learning. And I suppose that's why, you know, when I said at the start, I don't necessarily feel like a creator. I suppose it's because at the moment mm. I'm learning um, how to be, um, which is a really enjoyable process as well. Um, but, yeah, it's just me kind of managing those different bits, which I really enjoy. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And you edit all the videos, yeah, together. yeah, oh, wow.
1: with a quite bad uh, editing program um, <laughs> yeah. for the cheap. Until you know, maybe I'm a bit richer, yeah. but uh, yeah. So I'm doing that as well. Which one of uh, my friends showed me how to. Although my my videos are not necessarily a reflection of his skill, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm learning that as I as I go along. So it's yeah. it's for me. It's just like wow, this is really cool. Kind of mm. learning to do these different things that say four months ago I couldn't do. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: And I guess I ask every um, episode what or when the first time you noticed that there was a lack of diversity in your field. And I guess kind of maybe for criminology as well, because I think Mm. that's quite interesting.
1: In my field. um, Yeah, I mean, I suppose often when you're and this could just be a reflection of where I studied. So I studied at Hull, but. Mm. I actually think so many people potentially affected by the issues. I mean, even if you just look at university, yeah. you're not going to have as many people of colour at university, but actually they're disproportionately affected by um, kind of the criminal justice system or the mm-hmm. things that actually they might want to, to challenge, whether that's overrepresentation in the prison system, whether that's, you know, a variety of things, stop and search, all the issues we were talking about in criminology. I was very privileged to be able to go to university, but lots of people aren't, so... Yeah. When we were studying kind of miscarriages of justice or Stephen Lawrence or, you know, a variety of things that are affecting, well, often black men, you know, they're not going to be there because the same thing that is affecting them is the same thing kind of keeping social mobility within all of these institutions. So there's definitely a lack of diversity in terms of who's studying. Mm. Um, And then when when you look at all of the systems in place in terms of criminology and the criminal justice system diversity it just is not really existent um, yeah. and we've come to see that more in society as people have looked into that more this year and last year um, but yeah and then as I've gone on to work especially in, in kind of youth leadership and I'm having to go into rooms where we're talking about leadership and talking about politics and representation and quite often I've been the only person of colour there yeah. Um it's hard not to see and it's really challenging and it's been really challenging when I've gone to events or meetings, and I have brought the diversity with me by bringing young people of colour, and they're talking about the issues that affect them on the ground. So it's yeah, it's kind of starkly clear. Yeah, it's interesting. And anyone trying to diversify their field, that is that is good. Mm. But I think you know it depends on why you're wanting to diversify your field. And so many people at the moment, I suppose, want to do that because it's clearly becoming important to to society to be inclusive and. Um, You know, there might start to be quotas uh, in terms of diversity and representation in leadership. Um, But yeah, if you're just doing that as a kind of white man in leadership, you're probably not going to be doing it the right way either. Unless you seek some advice or understanding from the people who you're trying to represent, then you're not going to achieve diversity. Um, And you have to be wanting to do it for the right reasons. You have to want to be doing it because you know that, diversifying your workforce or your field or whatever kind of remit you're in will make it better because the lived experience of people of colour of women of whatever we're looking at class you know those are the things that are going to improve all sectors of society having that knowledge in the places that are meant to represent us and and I don't know that that's always the heart of why people are doing it yeah but we need to start so if people have to and that's what they feel then that's great
0: Mm, that's true Um, So I wanted to ask you what you have installed. Is there any exciting projects or expansion for kids of colour? Yeah,
1: um, so I think for me, at the moment, I'm just trying to get more videos filmed, meet more kind of young people who are interested. Um, A couple of the young people said to me, oh, it was... So one of the girls I filmed is 24, and she spoke about how uh, interesting it was for her to watch Tasia, who was 14, and 10 years apart, kind of sharing similar experiences. And she said, it feels like you're doing these videos and watching others and you feel less alone. And yeah. actually, it'd be really great to have an event. Um, So in about, cool. yeah, so hopefully in August, what I'm going to look to do is put on a small kind of community event in Manchester. Invite the young people who've been filmed so far and get them to invite other uh, young people from the community. And that's kind of all inclusive and um, different community organizations and people I've worked with in the past and do a bit of a screening as well, I think, and show some of those videos and maybe yeah. f- by then we'll I'll have a clearer picture of where we're going next. Um, but trust try and pick up some kind of momentum on it, I suppose, and gain interest. But yeah, give those young people a chance to network yeah. and create a kind of network for young people of colour as well, because... For some of them, it was quite hard um, sharing their experiences um, and then watching other people was just really supportive for mm-hmm. them. And I think that's something that I shouldn't necessarily let go, that kind of supportive network that could be created. So that's kind of my first thing is that I'd like to put on yeah. an event.
0: That's, I like the idea of an event it as well. kind of makes it seem more community based, Yeah. which is really nice. And especially because they're so young, I guess they could benefit from having yeah. or no matter their age, they could benefit from having that kind of community around, yeah. which is really nice to think about.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they'll know directly that a lot of their friends share similar experiences. But then just knowing that actually there there is a widespread kind of connection there and mm. to be able to look at strangers you don't know and see their films and know that yeah you're sharing this with someone no matter how challenging it is but also to know that the the fantastic kind of um experiences and the great things about being a young person of color and your culture and identity they're shared too and just because you don't necessarily see that diverse experience on screen every day on tv that actually there are other young people of color out there who are really happy to be who they are yeah and really enjoy their identity and kind of experiences. Um, I think that's something that, you know, shouldn't be forgotten as well, that actually, yeah, there's okay, some resilience sure.
0: there. Um, when did, I don't know, this question just came into mind, but when did you have the idea, because I know in the beginning you mentioned it was like studying criminology and mm. your writing and putting two together, but when when did it kind of spark in your head that I need to make this channel yeah and kind of document these young people's lives
1: i think for me the last uh three years working with young people so closely we were talking about inequality and we were talking about class and that was kind of the focus of my work but so often the young people wanted to speak about race and those conversations were conversations that we were having all the time um whether it was just casually and not actually part of what we were doing and um, I suppose over the last year or so, yeah, I've really recognised the need to talk about race in young people. Um, so I'd always thought, oh, I wish more, I wish more people knew. I think following, um, following as I spoke about young people in crime in in London, and I'm quite kind of, I suppose attached to the experience of um, youth crime in London and last year there was a project throughout the year called Beyond the Blade by The Guardian that was looking at the reasons um, that young people might be c- uh, kind of involved in knife crime and what the government's doing and I think for that whole year following that project I really thought that actually this country doesn't care because it doesn't believe that young people of colour's experiences are diverse and we don't see them as human and um, we just see them as one thing, and we don't get to know their experiences at all. We don't understand that actually these young people who are being killed and killing each other um they're just like every other young person you might see in your everyday life, and actually the people making decisions about how they're protected and supported have no understanding that all of these young people are people, and I think that was that was what frustrated me is that yeah we do de- dehumanize people of color in general um so often and it's a kind of a combination of following projects like that um but working around young people all the time and me just thinking yeah people just don't understand that you are it's, yeah hard that young people of color are diverse <coughs> and their yeah. experiences are diverse and actually they're human just like the rest of us but it's much easier to target them with inequality and cuts in their areas and things like that if we just don't get to know them and we can wipe them to one side yeah. and I think that was something that I've been feeling for a while um so that's kind of what started the idea combined with talking about race with young people all the time
0: and I guess as well um I don't know because I I don't study criminology, but if someone is growing up in a community where, let's say, there is a lot of, I don't know, like knife crime or something, then they're more likely to become a subject of their community, if Mm. that makes sense, because that's all that's around them and that's all that they know. Whereas being able to kind of shine light on this and change what's going on, what you're doing is kind of trying to, like you said, kind of, humanise mm. these kids that are being portrayed in just such a I don't know
1: one way. dimensional way yeah. yeah and like yeah I think you know this project is by no means going to be the solution to yeah. that to that issue in in society that's it's not going to be the case I, but I think there are so many ways that we just see we kind of push young people of colour aside in society um and yeah that needs that needs to change um and you know one like you said one young person said to me i feel like sometimes all i can be is all that i can see around me and i don't necessarily know how that's going to change yeah. um and that's kind of like you said it's a product of the communities you're in but the communities you're in are a product of us not caring about yeah. those communities yeah. so yeah it's it's really kind of difficult but this project wherever it goes is at least to show a handful of people that young people of color need to be fought about as equally as white young people Mm. um and that is with no disrespect to white young people at all um but there needs to be equality there and there's a privilege there that actually it's no it's it's not those young people's fault but there need to be equality and kind of experience and opportunity which there isn't at the moment yeah
0: Go onto the muses which okay. is quite hard if anyone isn't me, because I feel like <laughs> when I came up with the idea, I was like, this is just yeah, it's quite easy. But everyone else I've asked has been like, oh that's quite difficult. Yeah. Um but it is is there anything that has inspired you creatively recently?
1: Um so I was reading a book recently. Um I don't know if it's I don't know how much it inspired me because it was quite okay. a depressing book but uh so I was reading um They Can't Kill Us All by um Wesley Lowry and okay. it's basically a book that um follows the Black Lives Matter movement in America um and I think what inspired me was just the resilience of of people of color to continue to challenge something that is awful Mm. and hard and inhumane and the continuation of that was something that I suppose inspires me one because it's yeah it's people of color continuously challenging and being resilient and obviously I care about race and diversity and that that is something that I want to continue to to push even when people don't want to hear you um, I think is something but the book in itself I think the kind of tracking and following a journey. And I guess that's what I'm quite interested in at the moment. Um, That kind of, yeah, the continuous portrayal of young people's journeys, even though they're not necessarily all interlinked by this really horrible um, experience for black people in America. You know, that's not... But the link is that they are experiencing inequality and difficulties in society. And that the way the book kind of goes through that journey of continuing... um, through the different stories and the different lives of the people who um, have died and who have been at, like the people who have died and been at the forefront of the Black Lives Matter movement because of their death, yeah, um, has been really was really interesting to me um, because the writer kind of delves a bit more into each of their lives and the stories around that and. For me, reading that book made each of those names that we know and hear, you know, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, all of those um, young men and women who have died, it made them as people more kind of clear to me, Um, which wasn't something I I had had, and I think it's not something that a lot of people have. Um, We just hear their names, watch the videos of their deaths, and then move on to the next. Um, So it kind of was... Helpful to me in terms of knowing that actually, yeah, exploring people's experiences um is really, really important, otherwise they just become lost lost, yeah, um and knowing that these people have experiences, these people who and the families who've gone through some of the hardest things in the world, mm. um yeah, they have experiences behind them and really human experiences um was something that kind of i guess yeah made me feel like what i'm doing in terms of trying to humanize young people is something that's valuable i mean yeah. it's obviously a very extreme kind of difference <laughs> like, yeah. um and as i said the this kids of color project is not is not attached in that in that way to any kind of huge issues in society like that but i think if we all started by trying yeah. to humanize everyone mm-hmm. and feel equally towards everyone then the much bigger issues in society uh, wouldn't exist as much. So, yeah.
0: I think it all stems from somewhere as well. Mm. So you reading this book, although it's like they're on quite two different scales, yeah. it's all kind of trying to do the same thing. Mm. So I think that's that's really interesting. I think we'll round it up. And um, Do you have any tips and advice for anyone who is hoping to, I don't know, maybe kind of going to a similar direction or wants to talk about um, experiences of their experiences of race or Mm. identity. Um, Do you have any tips for them or perhaps going freelance as well? Yeah,
1: I think, so in terms of kind of talking about your experiences, this sounds very simple, but I think just, yeah, don't undermine your own experiences. I think that's really easy to do, particularly if you know you're talking about diversity and race, I think we spend most of our time being told that our experiences are not necessarily as valuable as other people's. So before I started writing a blog, I kind of thought, oh, who's who's going to want to read about this? Or, or what if I'm wrong on my yeah. own experience as well, yeah, which was like an interesting thought process to have. Like, what if, what if someone tells me I'm wrong? Um, mm. Which is kind of, yeah, quite sad, I think, as well. When you start out on that experience, I think if you have an experience explore it enjoy it and just and just go for it if you want to communicate it um in terms of going um freelance i guess that's difficult in a sense for me to say at the moment because i, I feel like i'm not you know making money or <laughs> whatever for yeah. myself but i think with that in mind mo- it's always important to have that in mind so i suppose what i'm doing by starting this project is taking note of everything every part of what I'm doing in case in the future I'm someone who needs to show that I have spent X amount, um, what in-kind support I've had from people, to understand the hours I've worked on it, um, where money's come in, what I've mm. spent on it myself. Um, every single thing, although at the moment I'm not set up to make money or in a business or anything, provide a service, Yeah. Um, with that in mind for the future you know if you start to do workshops or things like that yeah i'm noting Mm. everything that is possibly recordable right now even though it's for no purpose right now i think that's a really important start because i suppose i've worked in charities and charities are you know places that set up because there's a need and we go straight away and don't necessarily kind of set up in the same way business would um so with that in mind having worked in charities for kind of the past five years i think yeah i'm just at this stage being like okay everything that happens (laughs) gonna write that down take note of it know how long i worked on this if i was gonna write a funding bid in six months i could tell you the hours i could tell you what it would cost to do certain things and what i need to keep this running um so yeah don't forget those little kind of quite boring details i suppose early on
0: would never have thought of that (laughs) like I guess I'm not freelance but yeah. um I don't get paid to to do this either. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's documenting what's going on that would probably be beneficial. Yeah,
1: I think and at the end of the day like I'm working with young people who to be a part of these videos to do to kind of meet me to do whatever I want to support them to be able to do that. I don't want to just be kind of taking from them. You yeah. need to get here and turn up. And actually, if I, if I go for a funding bid, having recorded that and saying, oh, I, I needed to cover all of these young people's transport costs to be able to come here and work with me or whatever else, then you can get that kind of thing in funding. So I think it's important to think about when you're setting stuff up because I think, yeah, it's easy to think because we're doing something good to expose diversity and explore kind of inclusion experience yeah. that we should be doing it for free and own back and that's mm. what stops this society yeah. being equal i suppose in a way as well
0: is that something you would like to go into charities
1: um i mean so yeah so i've worked in charity for the last since i left uni i've worked in charity um okay. but yeah i guess i don't know how i'd get there yet it'd be mm. it's a cool idea further yeah. down the line you know um
0: anyone has any ideas yeah exactly yeah. F- find me yeah <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: okay um do you want to give yourself a little shout out yeah Where can people so, find you
1: you can find kind of photos clips of videos everything like that all of the com uh communications um on twitter and instagram and it's at kids of color hq and then the youtube link is attached to both of those sites but i think uh, the first place to go is is the social media almost because um you can kind of see all the updates kind of daily and we post i post get used to saying <laughs> no i always we. refer to myself as we. yeah it's interesting yeah. isn't it um yeah but you can kind of get all the links to the videos off there i think until the channel really grows you can't necessarily start being like here's where the youtube places i think at the moment if you type in kids of color you find lots of children painting (laughs) so uh yeah so i think the social media is the first place to go kids of color hq
0: okay i will put those in the show notes um and, yeah, I guess that concludes our episode. It's been really, really interesting talking to you. Yeah. And thank you. you just come from the Eurostar. I
1: know, yeah. Just hopped off into, yeah. into London from Belgium. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you so much no, for no coming problem. to talk to me. Um, so thank you to Wise Buddha Studios and for James. Um, Thanks, James. Um, it has been fab talking to Roxy and her experience Experience as a creator, although you don't really like see yeah. yourself as a creator and exploring kids of colour further. Um, I will be catching up on the email because I kind of took like a little sabbatical after dissertation. And if anyone's handed in a dissertation, you kind of know that you just need to give yourself like a year's rest. So that's what I kind of did. I didn't go on any of the socials or read any emails, but I will respond. Um, please do rate, review, and subscribe. Um, it allows other people to find us on the itunes podcasting and if you want to get in touch you can get in touch via the email it's industryedit at hotmail.com and i'll try and respond asap and follow us on twitter at industryedit goodbye